This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. Huggies Little Movers is their best-fitting diaper ever with its curved and stretchy fit. Babies, no matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers are curved with up to 12-hour protection against leaks. Get your baby butt in Huggies Best-Fitting Diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, we're getting ready for an exciting car cast today. We're going to talk about the Cadillac CT5V and maybe what's going to come after that. And uh, uh, images of the new Bronco and the Bronco Sport are, are starting to, to leak out. So that'll be kind of interesting. And uh, what do we think about, uh, about super wagons versus super SUVs? All that stuff coming up and more. Uh, but first, let me tell you a little bit about GEICO. Maybe you own your home or you rent your home. Either way, it can be a lot of work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. Now you can just go to GEICO, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre. I'm here with Bill Goldberg uh, calling in. Uh, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Sun's out, 85 degrees, beautiful day in South Oh, Texas. man, we got a little bit of rain. We got rain for a few days over here. It's not so bad. It's not raining hard, but it's. Uh, I like a little bit of cloud cover every now and then. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's nice. We'll see. Uh, What's in store? Uh, we got our event coming up. It's nice. Year. It's nice if you don't have a million gallons of water. Uh, the Rainbow Waters valve broke on your property in oh. Southern California. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I think Florida they has a lot of those issues too. Them. Florida has a lot of issues with broken pipes and sewage pipes, and I don't know what's going on over there, but. Uh, uh, anyway, we well, got Cali's just not set up for rain, dude. You know, yeah. when, when we get it, you know, it's uh, it's wonderful. But good God, it uh, does some destruction for sure. But eh, you know. yeah. come the good with the bad. Well, I'm hoping for some sunshine at our Carcast Live event we've got coming up, and uh, I guess it's about a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. 
uh, March 21st. Uh, it's going to be a fun event, so um, uh, you guys know about it already. But bring your car out, anything. It doesn't matter what you have. Uh, some people were asking me, does it have to be a showpiece? Not at all. Bring everything, and uh, and we're, we're going to hand out some awards and some JEGS gift cards, and, and uh, uh, it'll be a fun event. Um, uh, all right, so there's some interesting news and stuff happening today. Obviously, it's a little slow. All these events are getting canceled and, and press announcements are getting canceled. But um, anyway, before we get into it, a quick shout out to our friends at Dodge. They got their Dodge Power Dollars promotion going on. And with Power Dollars, for every horsepower of your new Dodge vehicle purchase, you'll get $10 off. So peeling out in the 2019 Dodge Charger RT Scat Pack, eh, you just got 4580 bucks off. Uh, so uh, there you go. Check them out. Um, oh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, if you've watched that show Diesel Brothers, they got themselves oh, they got themselves in a little bit of a of a of a snafu. <laughs> the uh, the uh, Diesel Brother guys are getting hit with a huge uh, fine uh, from the EPA. Uh, it, it, I guess they look. Have, have you seen Have you seen the Simpsons movie from a while ago? Don't mess with the EPA. But uh, the, the Diesel Brothers are getting hit with something like an eight hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar fine uh, because they have, you know, they build all these wacky vehicles and modify things, and then they go on like to their website and sell them. And that's a big no-no with the EPA because they've uh, altered the emission stuff on those things. Um, and this isn't the, the first time that this kind of stuff has come up. Uh, I believe even some like handheld tuners that were modifying diesel vehicles – where, uh, you know, they got fined a, a while back. And I don't know how you fight the fine or do whatever, but uh, uh, it's it's interesting. Like these, you know, look, these guys at Diesel Brothers, they they uh, they modify this stuff and then they do these big burnouts with just big, huge, you know, they do the videos with big, huge clouds of black smoke shooting out of these vehicles. And... You know, it's all fun for TV and stuff, but somebody's going to look at that and say, hey, uh, you're breaking the rules here. You're going to have to pay some money. By the way, anything. Just be that, responsible, man. Come on. I mean, just, yeah. just be responsible. It's all cool and fine and dandy. It's like <clears throat> the issue I have with people drag racing on public roads mm-hmm. and videoing it and bragging and boasting about it on Instagram or social media. It's socially irresponsible. I mean, grow a brain, people. That's all. It's it's kind of logic at the end of the day. And, you know, all this stuff is cool uh, to a point, but somebody's got to pay for it. And, you know, our environment's paying for it to the degree that these guys have gone to. And like you said, it's not their first time. So, you know, it may be... Uh, Maybe an unpopular opinion for some people out there to talk negatively about what they're doing, but I mean, just grow a brain, boys. 
That's all. Yeah, and I, I I don't have the number in front of me, but they had something like forty plus uh, violations because pretty much everything that they were doing on the show was they were doing some trick to the engine that was in violation. And the uh, the U.S. Uh, district judge, uh, these guys are all uh, I believe in in Utah. Are they in Utah? I believe they're in Utah. Uh, they're saying $850,000 in fines will go to the U.S. Treasury and another 90000 will be paid to the Davis County Tampered Diesel Truck Registration Program. And, uh, uh, and they, were, they are receiving a lifetime ban on further emissions violations. Uh, so they will no longer be able to develop, produce, or sell heavily modified diesel trucks. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see how that's a big issue. Just build your builds and do some crazy stuff, and you can add horsepower to it. You just don't mess with the with the emission stuff. By the way, like the handheld tuner guys that were that were like selling tuners to modify diesels, it it wasn't that they were modifying the vehicles and it was causing them to, to, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a pollution thing. It was, they were selling the handheld tuners before they received their, uh, their stamp of approval, their EPA uh, approval, which, you know, it's all a money game, right? So, but this isn't, it's funny because, like, hey, you're building – you're going to be building your garage and Adam Kroll out here is building a, a new shop and everything is just permits, permits, permits. Everything is just a money grab for – you know, by the government for everything, you know. Uh, uh, we, could, we could get into a bunch of this stuff. Like I believe California and some other places are, are lowering the uh, – the the level Square footage or something? No, they're lowering the alcohol like for your for your DUI. It's like point zero eight. They want it to go down oh. to point zero five. Now, statistically, I don't think there is any real difference um, in how much uh, uh, it in, it impairs you. The difference between zero five and zero eight, but but how much you drink? If it's I don't know if it's two beers to get you to point zero eight, they want to knock it down to one beer. It's not really a safety thing at this point. This is a money thing, which means there are far more people driving at .05, and they're probably driving fine, but it allows them to collect more money. So, But look, we, we know this, right? So if we know this, just like these guys know that they're violating the, you know, the emission stuff, they're violating the EPA rules, I guess just don't do it, right? Like, don't do well, it. Well, here's, here's the deal. The deal is, is that $850,000 fine to a television program that's as successful as theirs is, is a drop in the bucket. And I think that's, that was their thought process from the beginning. You know, slap me with whatever fines you want to slap me with because we're going to succeed to a point to where it's going to be a drop in the bucket to pay your fine. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think. Look, we've all dealt with the networks and stuff, and everybody's pinching pennies in as even as profitable as they are. Believe me, Discovery Channel is not going to step up and offer to help pay for this fine. This is all on Diesel Brothers because Discovery is going to be like, "Hey, we we don't tell you what vehicles to build. We don't tell you how to modify them." And that's uh that's a big thing. Is you know. Well, I'm sure it's going, a liability issue that I'm. You know, the contracts have been signed, and they're yeah. they're uh, 
they're completely covered, I would imagine, you know. Network. It's I mean, a successful they're, they're, show. Um, the Diesel Brothers—they—they—they they, they build some cool stuff, and and they seem like nice enough guys. But I I wonder, are 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 they doing well enough? Are they selling enough stuff outside of this show? Anything from their swag and licensing to the trucks themselves. That eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars is something that. They could just pay. It's it's starting to get a lot of money here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm willing to say yes. Well, I I hope they can do it, and I hope they can just be like, okay, my bad. We're going to keep going with the show, build our vehicles, no more emissions violations, and we're going to pay. I think it's an out. opportunity to go in a different direction. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I I I, I think so. I look. There's plenty of power out of these vehicles that they don't need to do this. By the way, the, the most surprising part of this whole thing in, in the uh, in the article was these guys are not in California. They're in Utah. <laughs> if this was in California, it would have been, a, I guess, a no-brainer that they they uh, wouldn't oh God, yeah. wouldn't be doing this stuff. We can't do anything out of it. We don't have good gas. We don't have anything out here. But uh, uh, I don't know. Just kind of a kind of a weird thing. I I. I don't, I'm not taking sides on this one at all. I think there was a very clear rule in place. These guys broke the rule. Um, I don't think there was a real there benefit. There should be repercussion. Here, yeah. End I, of story. I don't think there was a real benefit for them to break the rule. There wasn't some big payoff or, you know, or, or, or doing something. You know, this isn't like a daredevil that's kind of I stunt. And, but that's where I differ with you man, because that's what these guys are known. That's part of their image, right? I, so they I guess. continue I don't watch to reinforce that, that image. And they and they knew all along that it was, you know, in one respect, a negative, and they ultimately were going to have to pay for it. That's my opinion. Yeah. I, I, you're right. It, they, they didn't go into this not knowing something was going to happen. So yeah. they were There's either... Part- they were either going into it going, it's fine, we'll get hit with some fine, we'll pay it, but the payoff for us is okay, or they went in going, nobody's going to come after a little shop like us, you know, whatever, not knowing that their their show was going to be one of the most popular shows on Discovery, you know, like... like We've seen people do crazy street racing stuff like the guys on the motorcycles in the middle of the night doing 180 miles an hour. And then they wonder what happens when uh, when when the police department is like, yeah, we watch your video on YouTube and we're mailing you a ticket or, you know, like, like what you think was going to happen. <laughs> it's complete ignorance is all that yeah. it is. It's not, there's no other explanation. Just because the cop isn't chasing you down on the freeway doesn't mean they're not sitting around watching the YouTube video going, this is clear evidence. Like, what you're doing here is clearly wrong, and you're basically saying it to you. You posted the video. Like, yeah, and you're going to get a ticket in the mail. Sight, no yeah. less. <laughs> yeah, they're bragging about it. It was like, okay, all right, well, look, that's... We've got a, we've got enough tracks and stuff like that. Like there was the there was the movie that we talked about all the time. I forgot the name of it. it was the French movie or something. Chris probably remembers. And it's the guy running through the through uh, the streets of is it Italy? Streets of Italy in the car. And we talked about how it's all about the sound. 
And then when we did the research on it, he was actually just driving fine, right, in in his camera car. He was just driving like in his Volvo or something and uh, not breaking the speed limit at all. And uh, and then went back, sped up the video, and then it was all – it was just the most masterful sound editing ever. He just cut in like vintage Ferrari sound and the sound – and the sped up video made it look like this was the most epic, like a point of view video ever. And uh, it was, I, it was an old movie. I will have to find the name. It had a, a weird. I, know, name. I can't think of the name either. Yeah, I can't think of the name. But uh, uh, and I know Adam would nail it and, and yell at us for not remembering. But uh, uh, you know, it's just sort of like this point of view, like the guy behind the steering wheel with those driving gloves, and he's just hauling ass through the streets, and you know. And, uh, you know, people walking across the street and passing cars, and you're like, "This is the most insane video ever!" It's like the whole thing was fake. It was, and this is not YouTube. This is an old movie. This is an old uh, uh, footage that was created, and the guy's just like, "Yeah, I just, I just did it in a way that I thought was kind of cool. It's just, just an exercise in, in film production and sound editing." And it's like, "Yeah, you've, it looked great." But anyway, uh. It's called Rendezvous, I think. Rendezvous. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it is. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll go back and uh, check that out again at some point. But anyway, uh, I don't want to get too much in this coronavirus thing. Um, I, obviously, there's lots of silly things going on and, you know, whatever, price gouging on hand sanitizer and people buying a bunch of toilet paper because they think they're going to shit themselves with this coronavirus. I don't know what the motivation is behind it, but uh, – uh, but what does that mean for us here? It means postponement of the New York Auto Show. Typically in uh, in April, they are they're not essentially canceling the show. They want to move the show, and uh, it'll go to August, I believe. So if you're if you're thinking about attending the, the New York Auto Show or uh, want to get it on your calendar, it will be August twenty eighth. Through September 6th, the press days will be August 26th and 27th. So there you go. If you haven't seen it already, the New York Auto Show is going to be postponed uh, until uh, a little later in the year when we hope all this stuff is kind of fixed up. We'll see. I don't know how long. Yeah, we're all, we're, everybody's affected in every uh, every facet of their lives, whether it's you know, getting in an Uber, getting uh, on a, a domestic flight, you know, going mm-hmm. to an arena where there's more than a thousand people. Uh, it's a it's a weird deal, man. And if it's left up to the public, you know, uh, there's going to be a couple imbeciles out there that uh, don't do proper protocol and it's going to spread. And it's a it's a weird time. It is. There's nothing that's not affected by it. Right now, here's an interesting here's an interesting question for you. So, F one is saying, "Well, we've got to have a racing season, but we do recognize the issues going on with you know with healthcare and coronavirus, and and you know we want everybody to be safe." So they're saying we may do a race or several races, but with no people in attendance. The race must go on. Maybe it's televised, but no spectators can go. And maybe that's some sort of compromise 
on on making the, that work. Do you think that strategy could translate to other forms of sports and like would do you think that's oh, an option at, for at, WWE? Look at, look at the NBA. Yeah, look at the NBA right now. Look at Le, what LeBron said. And, you know, you're going to have a knee-jerk reaction immediately, as I did. Like, uh, hell, there's no way I'd go out there and perform with no fans. That, that's my initial reaction. You yeah. know, because what we do is for the fans. Yeah. But, but in the vein of the show must go on, um, if... 90% of your revenue is television mm-hmm. and streaming services. Um, I, I do believe you have a responsibility to, to, for the show to go on. So if, if WWE um, said, hey, we need to do SmackDown on Friday, but we've got the arena, we've got the whatever, or however it's going to happen, uh, we're changing venues or, or whatever – uh, no ticket sales. The show must go on. But of course, this is not a permanent change, right? So they're going to say we may have to do shows like this for a while. Is everybody on board? Are you are you okay with that, or does it? Does, I'm okay. It, I'm okay with it, except for the fact that re- the wrestling business is completely different than a competitive. It is uh, sport, okay? Because there's there's a portion of our success that's completely dependent upon crowd interaction. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Hey, it's my responsibility to put on a show for the people who paid their hard earned money to view the product, whether it be online or whether it be in person. Yeah. If I was asked to do it with no fans, I would absolutely go out there and perform to the best of my ability. Right. Now, Um, if, if they said, Hey, this is what's going to happen for the next two years. Then you would say uh, we need to talk about this. But if they say we need to do, you know, five or six weeks of this, and then you and know, you like, adapt, you adapt and you overcome. You, yeah. you, you. I mean, what are you going to do? Say no? No. I mean, you, well, look, I, you, you have to. You have to adapt. They can't. You, know, you have to. They can't stop doing it. I mean, I know the the fans showing up to any event is a big portion of the revenue, but also these guys have contracts and obligations to produce something for television, you know, any, yeah, any, any also, sporting event. Here, here's, here's apples to oranges here. Okay. You mentioned SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Now, how does it, how do you think, uh, WrestleMania would be? Cause that's a completely different animal. SmackDown's got between, you know, 10 and 25,000 people. You know, yes. depending upon the venue, WrestleMania has had upwards of 100,000 people in attendance. Yeah. You have people coming from all over the world for WrestleMania. So it's, it's, it's a completely different entity when you, you know, try to analyze the two. So I got, hey, the, yeah, uh, SmackDown Friday, you know, if I got to be there and I got to work with no fans, then it, so be it. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. April I'm, I'm, I'm curious too. Like you said, we've, we've got to adapt and overcome and everyone's going to, you know, come up with whatever. I mean, I, I get that all these companies are saying, you know, uh, let, let's, let's pay attention a little bit to, you know, to, I don't like self quarantine. That seems harsh, but you know, just a little bit more conscious effort on things. 
Um, well, and, yeah, and people yeah. just be responsible. That's all. If you have a an, if you have an event where you know over a thousand people are are gathering, then just look at the odds. It's logic. If you got fifty thousand people, the odds are that somebody that's been in contact directly or indirectly with somebody who's been in contact directly or indirectly with the virus, the, the chances go up. Yeah. And so if you want to be socially responsible, you know, you're not causing a, a complete scare here, but you're trying to be responsible and you eliminate the ability for uh, uh, it to be an incubator, you know, events yeah. like that. Coachella just got canceled, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, South by Southwest, the big event, out here in Austin, got oh, yeah. Canceled. yeah, canceled. These are, these are things or postponed. These are things yeah, yeah. that I mean, people are in an uproar. But it's logic. It's it, it's the right thing to do. You know, I, I truly believe that. I mean, you can. We're watching it unfold right in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. Everybody is, and mm-hmm. I don't know who's paying attention, how much attention they're paying to it. But you know, every day it's a it's an evolving story. And if you reduce the chances of it spreading, then, you know, it's not going to spread as much. You know, if you try to be socially responsible um, then you, and take precautions, the chances are if you take those precautions, you know, you're going to be in a better situation than if you didn't. It's quite logical. So I believe that everybody, you know, should adapt and overcome for a certain period of time. This thing hopefully will pass. Um, you know, and the least amount of people will be affected. And, you know, hopefully afterwards we go on with our lives. But uh, I, I, I truly believe that it's not a joke by any stretch of the imagination. And everybody should be responsible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not an inconvenience, you know, to, to try to stop a, a, an epidemic from spreading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on. You know, look, just be realistic. That's all. Yeah, all right. I don't want to be like Italy right now. The entire place is is quarantined. Yeah, from what I understand, I wanted to go to Italy this year. Well, Well, yeah, I I had I had an appearance in Liverpool uh, in April. In April, although it's not Italy by any stretch of the imagination, but that's already been postponed. Yeah, you know uh, these events. You know the wrestling business. It. it, You know I, I get paid to go to meet and greets. And the whole onus behind that is to shake someone's hand and take pictures with them and provide them with a, a comfortable experience. And and during, you know, this epidemic, I don't know how you want to classify it, you know, that's probably not the smartest thing to be doing. Yeah. So. All right. Just put it on hold. All right, well, there you go. New York Auto Show postponed until August. And who knows what between now and then. Um uh, moving on. So, uh, I don't know, in the past couple of weeks, um, you know, we saw the commercials pop up for the new Cadillac, the CT5, which, uh, you know, I think we both looked at it and said, hey, you know what, that's, a, that's kind of a good-looking car. It's kind of a sharp-looking car. What do we have in store for that? This is a replacement for the CTS. And, uh, and they said, oh, we have a CT5V. I was like, great. They're bringing the V-Series, uh, keeping, you know, bringing that – Along, uh, keeping the go- keeping that going, and uh, you know, but we looked at the CT5 V, and it said three liter V6, 360 horsepower, and we're like, well, it's not really a replacement for the CTSV. That thing was a beast, right? And uh, so now Cadillac is saying, you know, the CT5 V is more like 
what was the V Sport. It's not a full V. So I don't know what the next version is going to be called because they just used the CT5V name. But there's going to be a hotter version of this car. And uh, and the spy photos show it being more aggressive in, in the bodywork and, and front fascia and what you'd expect. Uh, for a uh, you know for a proper V car, I don't know the CT5 V performance or 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 I don't know what the what the new naming is is going to be. It's a little bit confusing now, but you know the CTS V that we had before, six hundred and forty horsepower supercharged V eight. You know, so there is sort of a benchmark to be to be made here. I don't know they have to go after that exact horsepower number, but the performance of that car was was very high. So they would have to at least go after that. Well, um, I don't know if that means maybe keeping the supercharger going to turbos or uh, something like that. Uh, you know, we we heard rumors about the C8 Corvette. The engine that's in it now is still, a, you know, a cam in block, uh, a single cam uh, configuration. Um, a great engine, a lot of technology in it, but still that platform, that design is 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 a little bit old, and they're saying possibly a Z06 or other some some other hotter variant on that uh, on the on the C8 Corvette could have a dual overhead cam uh, engine. So instead of just putting a supercharger or turbo on the existing engine and calling it a ZR1 or a Z06, they're saying it could be a completely different engine. So maybe we could see something like that in a CT5. Uh, you know, and get a hot version of that. So that'll be kind of interesting. However, the spy photos are showing that it is a, it, it could have an optional manual transmission, which I like the idea of keeping that. I don't know how many people are going to buy it, um, but uh, but I'm down with that. I'm down with the manual transmission. Uh, yeah. You know, I, look, I, I, you the have... Theft, if nothing else, it's a theft deterrent in LA. <laughs> right? Look, you have uh, you have the wild uh, you have the wild cards uh, the cars the the challengers um, and that you've done a lot of work to, and you have both the manual and the automatic. You have the red eye. You have the 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 manual uh, uh, Hellcat, uh, the the Challenger Hellcat that you uh, that you did work on. And I'm I'm sure it's easy to just pop that red eye into drive and go down the street, but there's something to say about having that manual as well. That thing's kind of fun, even with the crazy whatever 950 horsepower you're running in it now. That's an absolute understatement. I mean, there is uh, obviously advantages to both, but for what those cars are, it's a sin not to have them in a manual. It truly is. It's just way, absolutely way too much fun. Now I drive the red eye as my daily. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously it's a pain in the ass if I'm in, LA traffic, but I'm not. So, <laughs> You're not, right? You know, it's uh, it, it, I, I'm not in traffic out here, so um, it, it, it's still a rip and and a very enjoyable experience uh, to take on a on a regular basis. But um, yeah, there's definitely something to be said for pounding those gears, man. That's an exhilarating feeling. You know that. I mean, there's no comparison to me. Yeah, agreed. I. I uh... I think that uh, having a manual option. By the way, I look look at the CTSV wagons that are popping up on Bring a Trailer. The the ones with the manual transmission are pulling the money. They're rare, 
and uh, and I think they're fun. And I think now that people are buying them for more of a of a weekend toy, um, having the uh, the manual, I think, kind of makes it makes it kind of fun. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they end up coming up with. I am curious to know what kind of uh, what what they're going to use for a power plant because. Do they stick with what they've been using, you know, like in the CTSV, or do they, they, uh, you know, but previously they shared some of that technology, I believe, with like Camaro LT1 or Corvette or, or, uh, or whatever. So why not uh, share some of that technology with, uh, with Cadillac? So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But um, Cadillac is going to be making a big push for electric vehicles as well. And I think they're going to do like a hand built, flagship electric vehicle that could be upwards of $200,000. But that's going to be like a limited edition kind of car. I don't know how many they make, 50 or something. And uh, just so just be a halo car for the brand and, and see if they can uh, uh, get themselves in the same conversation as, as Rolls-Royce and Bentley for, for, uh, for a little bit. But, well, well, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with, come up with, with that. But, uh, you know, uh, electric cars, you know, that's uh, we we keep talking about that stuff and how everybody's getting into it. All the car manufacturers have to do it, so it is still kind of nice to see Cadillac going. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do a bunch of electric cars over the next however many years, but in the meantime, we're also going to come out with a CT5 with a real hot engine and a manual transmission. So I do like that. Have uh, oh yeah, I could do that. Have you? seen the spy photos that are popping up for the Bronco. We've seen the full-size Bronco and the Bronco Sport, the little one. I'm and just going to go back to the Taycan. <laughs> say the same exact thing. Okay, yeah, Originally, I know where you're going. what I thought was going to be cool as hell. Yeah. And that baby Bronco, man, it's just, I mean, <laughs> I think it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, so it, it, does, it does absolutely nothing for me except make me go what the the baby Bronco is weird because I'm I'm curious to know more about the platform and and uh, uh and what the intentions are with it when we have the full size Bronco and a two door and a four door configuration and probably soft tops and hard tops and. And uh, a, a lot more interest, I think, will be in that. I, I wonder how they're going to sell. It's like because here we talk about the the new Bronco, the you know the body on frame Bronco, and that's the one that we all kind of love for its functionality or potential functionality. Maybe even some sort of Bronco Raptor in the works. Uh, um, uh, you know, a bunch of accessories that you can get for it uh, that we talked about, I think it was last week or the week before, how Ford uh, is is planning on 150 or more uh, accessories available, like dealer-installed stuff. So you can, you know, you can definitely personalize this thing the way you want. Um, some pretty interesting things. I'm sure we're going to see a ton of these at SEMA, uh, if not this year, the next year, as as all these companies are developing new parts for them. Um, but does the baby Bronco become the better selling vehicle because it is the smaller city dweller, or is it, uh, or does everybody want uh, the bigger Bronco? I'd be curious to know. You know, I, I guess if you look at 
Well, the competitor would be Jeep, Jeep Wrangler. How many Wranglers do they sell versus a Jeep Renegade? Is, is Renegade what's the small SUV? I think it's Renegade. Um, uh, I'm curious to know what the sales numbers are. I, I can't fit in yeah. any of those, so I don't know. No, you can't fit in any of those. <laughs> um, well, another thing you won't be able to fit in is is Ford is also coming out with another pickup truck that will be smaller than the Ranger. And when Ford sort of committed to getting rid of their cars for the most part uh, and going to various versions of SUVs and small SUVs, uh, they feel like there's there's a, I don't know, a utility gap uh, happening. Um, you know, we have a Ford Escape, and but we no longer a Ford Fusion. And they're saying, hey, well, a smaller truck, a a sub Ranger, if you will, which could cost, uh, it could start under twenty thousand dollars, is is what they're saying. So, you know, I I don't know what options or whatever that gets you, but let's say a truck that's nineteen to thirty thousand. That's the range. Let's just call it nineteen to thirty thousand. A sub ranger. So you know, we we drove the F one fifties. You drove the Raptor when you were out here. Um, I've since driven the uh, the Ranger as well. And I think the Ranger is a is is an, a good size. It's a pretty good size for a for a city vehicle. Like if you you know need a pickup in L A. and you drive a Ranger, uh, I I think it's fine. Uh, I I don't think my my Ford Lightning is any different that much in size to the to the to the ranger except mine's a single cab with a little bit longer bed and it seems like it's wider but maybe that's just because it's a square body and it kind of looks that way um but uh i had it over in uh getting some work done on it i was over at uh, galpin auto sports and they pulled up my truck and they're like here you go it's all ready and they pulled it next to one of those uh one of those new brand new shelby f-150s and that thing just looked huge next to my truck. And I know it's got the big grill and the huge hood on it and all that stuff. But, man, that thing just looked like a monster next to my truck. I was like, man, uh, my my 95 Lightning is almost the size of a mini truck. It's got to be the size of a Ranger. So, um, I don't know. I guess we'll see where, where the market goes if, if, if people are looking to buy a smaller pickup truck. Obviously not something that you'd want out there on the ranch or something you can even fit into. But – yeah, I, I don't think they'll sell too many of those out in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that they that they will, but um, uh, but I, I don't know. Somehow they they think there's a market for it, and I guess we'll see how that goes. But uh, uh, I want to get into this this Audi uh, as well before we do. But uh, let me remind you guys about our friends at Dodge. Visit your local Dodge dealer where they bring you performance, technology, and great deals. There's never been a better time because right now Dodge is offering power dollars. And with power dollars, you get $10 off for each horsepower of your new car. So every 2019 Dodge Charger, every 2019 Dodge Challenger, even the 2019 Dodge Charger RT Scat Pack. That car has 485 horsepower, which means you've got an almost $5,000 cash allowance if you get that. So if you get more power, you get more off. It's that simple. Hurry, hurry into your local Dodge dealer today and take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. So we have all these SUVs that are out there. And... The wagon doesn't seem to get the love 
from buyers as much as it gets the love from automotive journalists. And I guess just because the wagon... I don't know. There are a lot of buyers out there that like that CTSV wagon, that like the Magnum wagon. Because it's funky uh, Any cool. kind of wagon that's, yeah. you know, that's hopped up. It, that's a, it's a, I think it's a cool space. Well, look, I, I'm down. I agree with you. I'm down with the super wagon, kind of like the way I'm down with the super SUV, driving the Lamborghini Urus and, uh, you know, like a BMW X5M, which is just as fast as a Lamborghini. And you're up a little bit higher and it's massive and you can't believe the performance of this thing given its size and weight. Uh, so I do like that. Would would I buy sort of the plain Jane cookie cutter you know, uh, wagon? I don't know. Luckily for us, you don't have to because Audi is bringing the RS6 uh, Avant, their wagon, to the U.S. And uh, it's going to start at uh, about $110,000, which is a little under the money uh, compared to the uh, to the AMG. Um, it looks badass. The interior with their sort of uh, diamond shape or diamond stitch uh, uh, a pattern on it is kind of cool. Um, the performance is there. It's going to 4-liter V8, twin turbo, 591 horsepower, 590 pound-feet of torque, all-wheel drive, torque vectoring rear differential, four-wheel steering, air suspension, and uh, it's got all the goods and bits on it. I'm sure you can throw a little more money on top of that 110000 with some of these options. Um, but... Uh, but it's a good size wagon with a crazy performance. It'll do zero to sixty in three point six seconds. So, are you are you down with the super wagon? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of badass. It is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, no question. Um, I. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's kind of the same vein as your truck, right? Yeah, it's out of the ordinary. What kind of person's going to have a wagon, you know, with the, with a shit ton full of horsepower? You know, and a manual. I mean, it's it's for enthusiasts. It's it's a, it's 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 kind of the same niche, I believe. It is. I I imagine that it's. I guess I'd love to see a comparison between, let's say, a BMW X six M, which scoots around the track pretty good, and zero to sixty in about three point seven seconds, and this Audi RS six wagon. You know, does does the Audi really benefit from lower center of gravity and and just more of a car stance? Uh, uh, I would think it does. I think its stopping ability and its handling ability would outperform the the BMW SUV. But they've got a lot of crazy technology and performance dialed into that SUV as well. So um, it's it's I I don't know how they would compare. I'd like to see. I'm sure I could just pull the pull the numbers that are coming out so far, but uh, it'd be fun to see sort of a head-to-head comparison between those two. But uh, Oh, yeah. Um, be awesome. Anyway, that's, uh, that's what's going on with us for now. I, uh, uh, as far as updates on our projects, um, uh, you know, I, I, I brought the Lightning back, and on the rear differential, there's that VSS uh, uh, sensor, and it you're supposed to replace that 
when your when your speedometer is going wacky and the needle's bouncing around all over the place. So mine was bouncing a little bit. And so I f- bought one, bought the the motorcraft piece. I got the right piece, not any knockoff part. Put it in. It's a hundred times worse. Now that thing is flopping around all over the place. And uh, I guess there's a gear in there or a ring in there, like a tone ring. Um, I, I imagine it works a little bit like, uh, you know, like uh, like a like a timing. A uh, uh, you know, uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting that goddamn name, but um, like uh, like ignition timing when you run the, you know, you run the the. The, the wheel on the front of like your crank or something like that and it gets timing from that and uh, I don't know why all these terms are are drawing a blank maybe it's too early in the morning for me but uh, but you guys know what I'm talking about and I guess you could I don't know file it down or do something or whatever adjust it I haven't done it yet I haven't even looked in on how to do it yet but uh, it was funny because you'd think the new part the replacement would you know, and getting the proper Ford part would would work, but not. But now I'm I'm starting to think these F-150s, and I, I assume the Broncos and stuff running this issue as well with that PSOM, uh, that board behind the uh, the speedo that controls you know coming the shifting, and it plugs into this VSS sensor. That whole setup's a pain in the ass. I can't wait to get rid of all that stuff. Uh, once I do the engine swap and the transmission swap, uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to find a way to just get rid of that goddamn thing and just run my speedo like off the transmission or something, uh, uh, either off the gear and the transmission or, or the electronic sensor like everybody else is doing. But this uh, this uh, setup that Ford is is was using back in the day, what a what a hokey little piece of shit. <laughs> that uh, and and now the problem is is that now it affects the shifting again because the speedometer doesn't know what it's doing and it's screwing up the shifts. And uh, uh, so, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll just figure that one out next. However, I am bringing it out to our uh, Peterson event March 21st. So I'm going to bring the M3 out there uh, with the uh, the new cooling system and the new Vortex supercharger on it. And I'm bringing the Lightning with the new Power9 supercharger. And and so you guys can kind of see that thing uh, up close in person. So uh, it'll be a good event. Um, you can get tickets at uh, peterson.org. Or uh, probably adamcroller.com. But uh, uh, that's it. Any 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 news from you? Any updates uh, on your projects, Bill? And the only project I have right now is myself getting ready for WrestleMania, unfortunately. When's, know, my, the, uh, when's the date? April 5th. Oh, that's April coming up. 5th. The, the engineering plans were submitted for the garage. Good. So that's, yeah. that's a positive. You got a little podcast studio Definitely being positive. built? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, in the design plan for sure. So <clears throat> I need you guys to fly out. We'll do a podcast, the inaugural podcast from here, so you can set up my damn place. Yeah, that's good. Make sure uh, once that's built, uh, you chat with Chris, and he'll we'll we'll put together the list of equipment that we think is going to work. I got you, Bill. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, can't wait to go out there and check it out. Check out the new place. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to wrap things up. We're going to hand the studio off to the next guys. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you out at the Peterson March 21st. Bring your cars, come out for the screening for Shelby American and stay for the podcast. We're working on some, uh, 
some surprise guests for that as well, and uh, it'll be it'll be a fun time. And uh, I don't think it's going to be an overly huge event, um, you know, just because of uh, it, you know all the sort of the scary germs that we have out there. But uh, it's mostly outdoors. It'll be a fun car show, and uh, it'll be fun. So come on out to that. Um, that's it. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, until next time, uh, for myself and Bill and Chris, uh, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey guys, thanks for listening to CarCast. And just a reminder to check out our friends at Geico. Maybe you own or rent your home, and uh, it could be a lot of work over there. But you know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or rentals insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home already. So go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Alrighty, thanks. There you go.